I don't care if you're the Easter Bunny, you're not bringing this on the station. This is Ambassador Jacquard's quarters. This is Ambassador Jacquard's table. This is Ambassador Jacquard's dinner. Have I ever told you that you are very cute for a mimbare? Hello, everyone, and welcome to Who Are You, a Babylon 5 watchcast hosted by two strangers who get to know each other while bonding over their favorite television show, Babylon 5. I'm Jafar. And I'm Laura. And we're here to talk about Season 1, Episode 6, The Parliament of Dreams today. But before we get to that, Laura, who are you? Who are you? Who are you? Do you know who I am? Well, I'm going to say this with an asterisk, and I'm going to say that I am a nail biter. Okay. Which may be a weird thing for a 35-year-old woman to admit, but I'm going to guess that there's more people out there listening that also identify with this than will would necessarily want to admit on a podcast. <laughs> I mean, looking at my hands right now, I don't think I have much argument, so. Okay. <laughs> I've been self-conscious about it for a long time. I, I have been doing it as long as I can remember. I am told that when I went to kindergarten, I was a thumb sucker. I was mm -hmm. the, you know, five, six-year-old who was still doing that. And I think when my parents got me to break that habit, it just became nail-biting. Yeah. I have the yeah. same story almost, only oh, much wow. later in life. So I also bite my nails. Uh -huh. But I didn't start biting my nails until after I quit smoking. In my 20s. Oh, yeah. I I feel like there's there's some sort of correlation between these habits. Yeah, yeah it's I believe it's referred to as an oral fixation. Mm -hmm. Yes. And I never picked up a smoking habit being a, an aspiring opera singer that was mm -hmm. not going to fly. Right. So I, <laughs> I've just always bit my nails. And, and I know logically that it's a way of dealing with anxiety or boredom or all these other things. And I've tried, I don't know if you have tried to kick the habit, but the things that I've tried in the past, I have done the acrylic nails, which mm -hmm. I would guess you wouldn't have tried acrylics, but no. I don't know. <laughs> I, I haven't. I've had my nails painted once or twice in my life. And yeah. Eh. Yeah. Acrylics are a whole other thing. I don't know if you've seen anybody get them. I am familiar with them. I spent a lot of time working in retail remodeling, uh -huh. and I have built more cosmetic walls and spent more time with cosmetic products, not using them, but just like seeing them and advertising for them and building mm -hmm. the displays for them, where I have a much more than passing familiarity with a lot of this stuff. Okay. So well, acrylics are the ones you have to put under the lamp, and they're like the super heavy duty ones, or is that something well, else? Well, there's, there's a lot of ways to do them. The ones that I would get, and they would stop me from chewing my nails but one of the things that a lot of nail salons do to uh, adhere acrylics to your nail is they will drill it they like dremel your nail Ugh. if you haven't ever done this listener or had it done it kind of it just sucks like it doesn't hurt but it kind of does hurt especially if they do it bad and then once you get that acrylic tip taken off once you decide i don't want to have these anymore your nail is trashed like, especially if you have thin, brittle nails, like nail biters tend to have. So that was not helpful, not a helpful method to try to quit. Because once that came off, I became obsessed with like, these are brittle and terrible. And I would just start chewing again. I've tried the bitter nail polish mm -hmm. and that worked okay. But once it wears off, my hands just go right back in my face. Yeah. Tried, you know, trying to have my nails painted all the time, but especially in different periods of my life just having 30 minutes to put nail polish on your nails without your child messing them up was mm -hmm. impossible so i've gone through periods where i was able to stop but they always ended those periods have always ended mm -hmm. and i recently decided to try something a little bit kooky Okay. To try to kick this habit. I have, you know, read many things on the internet about it. Some some people think that it's a form of OCD. Some people think that, you know, this it's some kind of anxiety disorder to be a nail biter. Mm -hmm. But I 
have also seen some things about people trying hypnotherapy and going to a okay. Yeah. So I had my first hypnotist appointment this week. It went pretty well. We'd actually had, she does the way that this uh, hypnotist does her work. She meets with you before she does any hypnotizing and tells you all about it and what she's going to do and what you're, you can expect. Mm -hmm. At that appointment, we talked about my issue is, is nail biting. I found her because she works with a lot of smokers, actually, <laughs> to mm -hmm. help them stop smoking. And she said, it's the same, it's the same thing. We're going to work the same way I would with a smoker, but your issue is just a little different. She actually asked me that at, at that appointment to try to prep myself for what we're doing by not chewing just a couple of my nails. She was like, just these two, don't chew those. Mm -hmm. Anything else, do what you need to do. All right. And actually since then, I've only attempted to buy any of my nails once. Just really? having that conversation with her. I don't know if something is like kickstarted in my brain. One of the things that she said to me was that because I did, you know, introduce myself the way I did for this podcast as a nail biter. Mm -hmm. And she said, you are not a behavior. Oh, you, that's you, nice. Yeah. <laughs> she said, you are not a behavior. This is a thing that you're doing and your body is doing it for a reason and your mind is doing it for a reason right now. And we can nudge your mind to know that you don't need this anymore. <laughs> and so that's what she's going to work with me on. It was a lot like being asleep, which is probably what everybody says. I don't know. You know, I don't know anybody who's had it done for this reason. I don't know anyone who's been hypnotized. Yeah. Um, yeah. But that's, it's interesting. Yeah. It feels like being asleep. Mm -hmm. I mean, do you like sleeping? Is that a feeling you enjoy? Oh, yes. Okay. See, <laughs> I don't like sleeping. Oh, goodness. Yeah. I hate sleeping. If I could just not sleep, I wouldn't. Oh, man. You I are like an alien. I feel like it's such a waste of my life to have to sleep. Huh. I, I abhor it. Wow. Well, that's why you're more interesting than me. <laughs> <laughs> I disagree, but continue. Just like I had a great dream last night. <laughs> See, I also, I don't remember my dreams. I remember, oh, really? I remember like maybe a dream every two or three months. Huh. And they're typically very mundane. I've had dreams where I have gone to work, worked an entire work day, and then woken up and it was a dream and I had to go to work. That's the shittiest dream though. That's the worst. <laughs> yeah. That's like, that's like my bar. Yeah. I, I tend to dream of very specific scenarios that could totally just happen in my real life. To the, to the point where when something similar happens, I feel like, oh, I had a dream about this. Well, yeah, you had a dream about having a conversation with your boss about a work thing that you knew was going to happen in a week, dummy. Right, right. Um, <laughs> that's, that's, I don't really remember my dreams. Huh. Well, I the enjoyed it. <laughs> Good. I'm glad. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it. It was, I, I thought the whole time I was like, oh, yeah, I, I'm hearing all of this. I know exactly what we're doing. Mm -hmm. I know what she talked about the whole time. But then when I came out of it, I was like, oh, no, I, it's all gone. Like it all slipped away. I didn't remember <laughs> any of it. I thought as I was listening that I was remembering it all, but I, I did not. <laughs> okay. That's super interesting. Yeah. So I want I, a status update on this in like a month. Yeah. She, <laughs> she recorded everything. So you can like watch and see that you didn't do anything crazy and you know, that she didn't say anything weird. Yeah. She actually wants you to, and I haven't done this yet because it's been a busy week, but she wants you to review your recording, watch it without, you know, with the intent not to be hypnotized and then watch it again, being open to being hypnotized. So you can kind of do some of that prep work still on your own. Okay. And next, next week I have another appointment and she said, that's the appointment where she's really going to start directing me about this habit and that we don't need this habit anymore. Awesome. And so I, I, you know, I'm, I'm optimistic. <laughs> yeah, no, I hope that works out for you. Um, yeah. It's something that you're clearly self-conscious about. So I will acknowledge the bravery in talking about that to the internet. <laughs> yeah, oh. but I think that there will be some people who will feel less stigmatized, so it's worth it. Well, this episode isn't exactly a nail biter, but I love it. No, it's, this is such a great episode. Okay, I have, I have three things I want to do before we go to this episode. Okay, three things. One, this episode won a fucking Emmy. I, I did see that in the, the cursory research that I did. Good for Congrats. them. Congrats, yes. 
And then this episode is what JMS considers to be the first strong episode of the show. I think that's a fair assessment, and I agree with it. Yes. And he was really bummed out that they got absolutely slaughtered in the ratings. Because this aired in February of 1994. Okay. Against the 94 Olympics. Okay. Where the figure skating pairing for the night of who was going to go against each other for the Olympics, Tanya Harding and Nancy Kerrigan were paired. This is a month after the assault. Nancy Kerrigan's charm Well, she took quite a beating So you're not above cheating Oh my god! The gosh. assault happened at Cobo Hall, which is actually just miles from me in Detroit, in January at like a pre-Olympics national championships whatever it was event and then a month later after this had been all over the news and the the trial had just started to like you know like all this stuff was happening obviously tanya harding hadn't been banned yet yeah um but it was still all over the news at this point the biggest gossip girl fight of 1994 yeah on tv at the same time (laughs) against this yeah oh man that sucks so much yeah i'm so sorry Jay right. Michael Straczynski, you Don't were feel- robbed. Well, with that, let's let's get into the meat and potatoes here. Let's get into this episode. Yes. So I I was thinking about this episode, and we've got three main stories going on. I don't think you can really label them A, B, and C because I think they're all equally important stories. That's fair. In this episode, like I think the A story that they identify on the streaming services anyway, is that somebody wants to kill Jakar. Somebody's running around trying to kill Jakar. That doesn't feel like the primary story, but you're right. None of them really do feel like the main thing. They all get a Mm -hmm. fairly split amount of time. Yeah. And we even get cuts back and forth between stories that are, you know, happening. Things are happening at the same time. Concurrently, yeah. If anything, I'd say the Sinclair Catherine is the B and the Jakar and the uh, religious festival are both a in their own way yeah okay i'm with that but they're all it's all fantastic it's all great i felt i got feelings about all these plots i did too (laughs) i did too i i will say this i remembered this episode from my childhood Mm -hmm. i did not remember the Catherine plot at all i remembered the other two and that may have just been you know where little laura was in her intellectual Mm -hmm. development that the romance didn't Registered. I could see some criticisms, perhaps, of the religions of Babylon 5 story of, you know, being maybe heavy handed or something, but I don't care. I love it. And y'all can go. (laughs) Yeah, we'll get to it at the end, but, you know, we'll just get to it at the end, actually. So we start at Space TSA with a Drazi carrying a knife on board for the religious ceremony. Garibaldi gives him lip despite this not violating Sinclair's rule one, as the knife is not both guns and drugs. Uh, yeah, that's true. But we'd get this sweet, sweet exposition dump from Garibaldi mm-hmm. about how every alien culture is encouraged to demonstrate their dominant religious beliefs for the week. Mm-hmm. And I really liked this from a exposition dump standpoint. Like it does sure. a good job of setting up the story. But given what they're talking about, it felt like two white guys complaining about Black History Month to me. Oh, yeah, a little bit. It has that vibe real hard. Especially because Garibaldi was a bit disrespectful to the yes, Drowsy. He, he for was, sure was. You know, he's making good jokey jokes, but that was, mm-hmm. I was sitting there like, that's actually kind of. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go throw your knife out an airlock and you can go catch it. And if you can catch it without having to die in space, then you're fine. Yeah. It's like fucking rude. Yeah. Uh, maybe I'm just hyper aware of those things being in Oklahoma where lots of resettled people have been disrespected for a long time. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I yeah. didn't love that. I'll tell you what I did love in this scene was we open up on the inside on Space TSA and we get mm-hmm. some of the, the like warning signs. The signage. Yeah. Yeah. I really loved I loved it. And I love whoever in the the props department had to put that together the the one that i could really read talked about the six different atmospheres on babylon 5 mm-hmm. and like what to do or where to go i'm assuming you know but i, I was like that's a nice <laughs> detail for those of us who hit pause on our laptops and want to read it yeah and something we have with the hd remaster because mm-hmm. there's stuff in this episode holy shit there is a moment in this episode that 
to like get the, we'll talk, it's at the 21 minute mark. We'll talk about it because I'm going to call it out again. Mm-hmm. But there's something that I never noticed before. And I've seen this episode a bunch of times. And I watching it in HD for the first time, I saw something brand new. Wow. And it is so good. It is such a good moment. I can't I'm ready wait to talk for about it. it. But we got to get so Garibaldi sees someone come through the airlock and is just like, oh shit, and runs off. Mm-hmm. Just like, who is this terrorist? Like, it's like, what would cause the chief of security to freak out like this? We'll soon find <laughs> it's out. It's just a woman. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, after this, we cut to Jakar's room where he is singing and cooking. Okay. This song is a goddamn delight. <laughs> I love it. This is an original tune. I I looked it up actually because yeah. I I was sure listening to this that it was some sort of like golden age of musicals tune yeah. from something. Well, yeah, there's a song that's like oh I love my dear Bonnie like mm-hmm. like there's a, and it kind of sounds like that like it could be like a verse of this song that I knew the chorus of from the ether that I'd pulled somewhere in my brain meets. Yeah. And so I also looked into it and yes, original tune. Totally original. I was uh, I, I was baffled a little bit by the lyrics then because I was like, oh, do they have Bonnies on Narn? Well, as we get further reinforced by this episode, Narn women are not Shakar's taste. I, I honestly was reading this part until I Googled it as like him singing some sort of human tune because he is fascinated with humans as well as yeah. Len is just in a different sort of way. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. How different sort. Anyways. <laughs> I I love this whole scene though. The song is great. It's a delight. He's got live crawfish in his dinner and then he gets his message from yeah. a courier from Narn who's you know he says it's very urgent. And when Jakar finally puts it in the tv we get some good sarcastic reacts and for sure just delightful it pleases me to know you will live in fear but not for long dun 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 (laughs) it's a really good thing that jakar doesn't have like an anxiety disorder because this would really mess with him if he did yeah yeah Yeah, that'd be terrible for oh no he does have an anxiety disorder doesn't he (laughs) and then natoth shows up yeah hey we get some more attaches it's no longer just veer (laughs) <laughs> right. We get two in this episode, don't we? Well, do. we, we had Kodath for a little bit, but apparently yeah. Kodath had an accident with an airlock. And I feel just rest in peace, Kodath. You got right. an off screen death. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> do you think Jakar did it? Non zero percent chance. I, mm, How can we possibly find out which of you did it? What do you mean, which of you did it? Well, I didn't do it. Well, one of us did. We all had the opportunity. I don't think he did it on purpose if he did it. Okay. I think it was an accidental accident. Just like the way he says it. And then we see Garibaldi, as we find out, has beelined for uh, Sinclair's quarters Mm -hmm. to let him know that Catherine, not Carolyn, is on board. The big scary woman has arrived. Right. Sinclair um, takes it really well. He's, he does. He's, he's pretty chill about it. Well, he tries to be really chill about it. Uh-huh. We we see how that goes. Yeah, he he starts out very chill, and then it, it yeah. just kind of escalates to I'm not constantly chill. degrading. Yeah. So after this, we get our Centauri religious ceremony. I love this too. <laughs> this is probably the best scene in this episode. Yeah. This was done in one take. Oh my gosh! I right? can't believe that. Yeah. And about a. Th- third of it from Londo's lines mostly was improvised nice and famously the show like JMS had a hard rule about not allowing improv Mm -hmm. so there's all kinds of stuff in here that's fun because it's just crazy Um, yeah I I love that Londo is our representation in this show of dying empire right yeah for sure he's he is that made form made man and in this this centauri religious party we get quasi medieval music right kind of invokes royalty it's good to be the king we get the kind of napoleonic costumes which we've had those for a while but it's still that sort of vintage of a certain kind of empire yeah 
And as he's describing their religion, they, th- a big part of it is them conquering another race. Mm-hmm. And we have these multiple Roman-like gods. There's lots of Rome stuff going on. I called that out mm-hmm. in my notes too. Yeah, and that's definitely not on accident. Nope. Yeah, that's very intentional. Yeah. It was all here. All of the things that we needed. Yep. So yeah. you Do you know what them. the last Zahn said before he died? Ah, like, oh, let's make jokes about genocide. Cool, Lando. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a trip. And it must have been a hoot for them. Yeah, for sure. You know, was, oh. drunk acting is a hard thing to do. Yeah, it is. And I, Lando I, just goes crazy with crawling on the table. <laughs> passes out. Yes. <laughs> he passes out. Veer goes, he has become one with his inner self. That's so sweet, Veer. I just, he's just so sweet. <laughs> Every time I pass out in the rest of my life, I want someone to yell that. Can I, I just need, I need, I need, I need a collective agreement from everyone I drink with that if I ever pass out from drinking, I need someone to yell that immediately. Okay. See, now we have to have the like real podcast meetup in real life so that you can do that. <laughs> and I can yell that for you. I appreciate that. I'm here that. for this. Okay. <laughs> I, I've passed out from drinking once in my life. So it will be. It's going to be some work to get I'm, there, and it's not going to be pretty. This is some now. work I'm willing to do. I'm okay. here for you. I, I appreciate that. Here's a who are you freebie uh, as well. I'll give you a twofer today. I am definitely party scene Londo when I'm drunk. He's yeah. saying, you're cute. Everybody's cute. <laughs> cute. I was like, that's me. <laughs> Same, though. No apologies. It me. Right. Yeah, that's. I've been there. <laughs> um, but we keep cutting back and forth from the people having fun, which is yeah. Londo, Veer, and Susan Ivanova for some reason. Go girl. Well, I mean, she is Russian. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. This this fits. <laughs> we cut back and forth from the, the fun people to the mm-hmm. Debbie Downers with Garibaldi and Sinclair having yeah. a totally awkward conversation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's totally awkward, and then it gets even more awkward for Sinclair when he leaves the Centauri thing and goes to talk to Catherine, and it is just so awkward. And I just, I've had this conversation. It sucks, but it's important. <laughs> Did your um, pants start talking? <laughs> that was my favorite part. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Very relatable for me. It, yeah. It, yeah. I don't think I had the developmental context in 1994 to understand this conversation, and I no. sure do now. <laughs> in 1994, I 100% didn't. In 2000-something, mm-hmm. like, if I had watched this in high school, I would have been all like, oh, it's romance, but this is weird. Like, mm-hmm. me now? I have someone like this in my life. Yeah. Like, I understand exactly this conversation. <laughs> I, you know, that we run into each other every couple of years. Like, I know exactly what's going on here. And yeah. it is just in such a relatable way that it hurts me. I'm in this picture and I don't like it. Look at this photograph. Right. Yeah, that's me. And then we cut over to Chikar, who's mean mugging to Toth and just loses his shit about everything. Yes. And the Toth is so good here. She's like, if I wanted you to just fucking kill you yeah what's what's concerning (laughs) long live natoth right she's the best i I love how she's not having any of his bullshit he's going on with his self-importantness and she says look if it was me you would already be dead yeah if you haven't woken (laughs) up with a horse's head in your bed you're fine (laughs) and then of course he goes to sleep and (laughs) the black flowers waiting for him I loved the creepy Calliope dream music that they put on this. Yeah. And it was it was his song as cl- yeah. creepy Calliope dream music. It was great. We get our Jakar screamed a commercial. He resolves to handle it himself. And then Lanier comes on board. Yes. And Lanier, I love Lanier. Lanier's great. Bill Mummy. So good in this show. And the whole scene with him refusing to look up. 
is just such a good introduction to this character. Mm-hmm. It's like you get so much about yeah. this character so quickly from just that little bit. And then he says, understanding is not required, only obedience. When he's instructed to not use her title or refer to the Grey Council. And I'm like, that's from something. That has to be from something. That's a quote. He's oh, no. quoting something. I, oh, no. Really? It's just, it sounded too familiar to me. Oh. Right? Oh, I thought you were saying actually like J. Michael Straczynski was quoting a famous person. Oh, he, he could have been. It's actually very close. I did research on it. Yeah. And it's actually very close to something Confucius said, which is okay. you can force someone to obey, but you cannot force them to understand. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I think we learn a lot about the Mimbari politics and religion in this scene without discussing yeah. much of Mimbari politics or religion, like not, not openly directly saying this is this and this is this. He gives us, you know, he, the third fane of Chidomo. Mm-hmm. Well, now we know something about that. We know it's there. Is it yeah. politics? Is it religion? It's been for 500 years they've been serving. Yeah. Presumably the Great Council because he has to stop himself and he can't say Great Council anymore. Rose through the ranks pretty quick because he talks about being a simple novitiate. And yeah. all of a sudden he's sent off to assist Satai Delen on her secret yeah. mission. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think we get more of that later too. Like Delen picked him out of like his studies and stuff. I, I vaguely remember something about that. Yeah, I think someone that was one of her mentors was one of his teachers. Got it. After this, we finally get to see Negrath again. Yeah, Negrath is back, baby. I'm back, baby! And have they not said his name before? I don't think they have. Okay, because I felt really bad about not making any Mark McGrath jokes up until this point. <laughs> I'm all like, how did we drop this ball? But if this is the first time they said his name, then... I think we get a pass. I think so, because I was just referring to him as Mr. Mantis, which I yeah. I kind of still want to do. But that's fair. He does have a name. We'll use it from time to time. Yeah. Someday. Make a Sugar Ray themed drop. Sure. Shakar <laughs> <laughs> uh, gets his bodyguard and the cath- the captain brings Catherine to a breath of fresh air. And they have they have such a studied dynamic mm-hmm. in here. That if I didn't have this in my life, I would not consider this to be believable. Yeah. Like, if I had not experienced a conversation very similar to this in many regards, I would just be all like, there's no way people actually interact like that. It's all like, oh, no. Oh, no, that that, that happens. Yeah. It's like Grandpa Simpson. It will happen to you one day. Like, it's just like. (laughs) Yeah, it was a very sexy dinner. It was uh, a very sexy dinner. They talked to he. He said something about three parts passion, two parts teeth, and I was like, "Hot." <laughs> That's funny because I wrote down three parts passion, two parts teeth. No kink shaming, Sinclair. Because <laughs> <laughs> he didn't. He didn't mean it positively. And yeah, I was like, true. "Hey, you, you lay off the kink shaming, Captain Sinclair. <laughs> teeth, your thing. That's fine." Yeah, I I realized the whole time I'm watching the whole romance thing, I'm like, oh, they're setting her up to us to be a a foil, a a third, you know, a love triangle for Delenn. And I don't like Mm -hmm. that. (laughs) Like, I like, I like this. I like Catherine. I like her. I'm glad that 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 Delenn thing didn't work out. (laughs) Not, not for it. Well, I mean, we get to the Mimbari ceremony after this, and I need you to scrub to 2255. Oh, yeah. Is this the thing you were going to call out? Yep. And if it, when it gets to 2310 is the thing, but you need a little bit of setup. So I'm going to describe it and then hit play some point when I'm talking. Okay. So Ivanova is sitting to the left of Jakar. She takes, we, we find out to be a fruit. I thought it was a hot pepper at first. Jakar takes one. I thought it was a cherry tomato. <laughs> yeah. I was really hoping it was hot peppers because I feel like that's such a Mimbari thing to like only eat for a religious ceremony. And be so stoic about it. Right. They have to be so stoic. So at 2310, behind Delenn's head, you see Jakar's hand reach out and switch his hot pepper with Ivanova's. Yes. It's so good. He's so paranoid at this moment. Yeah. Right. And like they even like you hear the shuffling on the table. Right. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure that was in the like the mastering of the previous versions of this I'd watched. But in SD, I never saw that. Like it yeah. just never clicked to me what had happened. 
And that is such a good fucking detail. I loved it. I'm so happy talking about it. And uh-huh. it's just, oh, it's so, because it's exactly what should happen, right? You should, Jakar 100% is not going to accept food right now because of this plot on his life. Right. He's going to swap it. And he just like very quickly, him and Nevada was just like, swap just in case, even though they're like a bunch of Mimbari and it's a religious ceremony. And this is probably the least likely place he's going to get assassinated. Right. <laughs> That's how paranoid he is. Yeah. And his and bodyguard didn't it. show up. He couldn't make his bodyguard. Yep. Taste it. <laughs> yeah, and he gets back to his quarters after the ceremony and his oh. bodyguard's dead. I, I'm sorry. I had one other thing I wanted oh, to say about yeah. the ceremony. I definitely had a hard time listening to the words because it was just like, you know, religious words, uh, which sometimes go in one ear and out the other, right? But I did catch on my second watch through on this episode the phrase renewal disguised as defeat. Yes. And I thought that was a great build on the world that I'd never noticed before because I didn't listen to the religion. Yeah. No, that's that is an excellent, excellent amount of foreshadowing and really, Mm -hmm. really well describes the cyclical nature of the universe that we're living in currently. Yeah. And it's not overt foreshadowing. It's one of those things you wouldn't know it was foreshadowing until you go back and watch it. Yeah. And even then, like. If you didn't know it was so well planned, you might just dismiss it as an accident. Mm-hmm. But there's no way. There's no way it's an accident. Right. But then the next scene is hilarious. Yeah. Because he beats up on that dead bodyguard. <laughs> he beats up on the dead bodyguard. Garibaldi comes in and finds uh frilly. What's the technical name for that type of fabric? Lacy. Lacy. I just wrote frilly. <laughs> I don't lacy. Those are lace lacy. panties, sir. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> the more you know. The more I know, right? Mm-hmm. Lacey. Okay, there we yeah. go. And I'll say this for Garibaldi, because he keeps being a jerk in this. He's kind of a harasser. and the, Oh, is, he's for sure. He's for sure a dick. There is no faster way to piss someone off than to refer to their truth as a story. Like, Ugh. oh, man. When, when he said to Jakar, I had, this is silly, but I had like, an instant memory of a time that I was at work and I was under a lot of stress and I passed out at my job, not my mm-hmm. current job, but a, a job. And they called the, the ambulances, mm-hmm. you know, as perfectly reasonable people do. And the, the paramedics came and they were asking me, they said, is there any possibility you could be pregnant? And I said, no, because there was not at that time. Mm-hmm. And they immediately like got on their little radio and said, the patient denies any possibility of being pregnant. And I was like, mm, I didn't just deny it. It's not. <laughs> just like, oh, it's so fucking rude. Yeah. Yeah, so. it is. Hey, arrest people now. What up, bro? What's up? What up, What's up? What's up? Yeah, it's like, it's, it's so weird that our police officer is so harassing. I just, mm-hmm. it's an odd thing, right? When would that happen? Yeah. Ever? I don't think in reality. No, it doesn't seem real. No. Yeah. So we get to Natoth and she puts up with no shit. The late career. Oh man. I laughed so hard at that (laughs) line. That was so good. Yes. (laughs) She, she delivers her lines really well. Yep. And then we cut and find Catherine finds out she's rich. Yeah. That's cool. Good for her. Some kind of big payday. Good for her. Mm -hmm. She shows up. Uh, she gets a bunch of, you know, she gets some bottles of wine and yeah, fancy she buys crackers. a bunch of fancy shit and goes to her ex's place. Uh huh. Question: Power <laughs> play? Hmm. Big yikes! <laughs> <laughs> is that direct from your notes? Uh, that is direct from my notes. Yes. <laughs> this has been a transcription of Jafar's notes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I need to know. I mean, it worked. So, <laughs> so like, good on her. Yeah. Um, and assuming you think her intention was to hook up. Oh, yeah. In doing all this. Like, uh, yeah, it had to. Um, yeah. There's yeah, no other. You, you don't buy a bunch of fancy shit and show up at your ex's place without some hope there that that's going to pay off in some way. But yeah, big cakes or power play. I got to know your personal feelings on this. Oh, my personal feelings on getting a bunch of fancy shit and going to your ex's place? Or yeah. because you've just scored a big payday. Yeah. Can it be both? 
<laughs> it, can, it can, in fact, be both. I'll take both as an acceptable answer. Having done something like this with the aforementioned person like this in my life, not quite as spontaneously they knew I was coming. It wasn't just showing up with surprise showing up. I mean, part of that is just the distance involved. We worked on a space station together. Five I've not been long. on a space station with my ex. Surprise. But I've definitely like shown up with some shit that's outside of my price range. Yeah, I'm far too cheap for that. I have not overspent <laughs> on anything. But yeah, no, I think it can be both. I think for both people, it can be both. For sure. Sinclair does not seem into it at first and then very quickly becomes into it. I definitely wouldn't spend money on it at this point in my life. Well, that's fair. Yeah. <laughs> be like, oh, yeah, ah. no, this is this is a, young, a younger affair here. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. <laughs> You're older and wiser now. Right. Probably didn't need to spend all that money. Probably could have just shown up. Yeah. Results likely the same. <laughs> but. Uh, we get the reprise of Tennyson. Yes. He's, he's listening to Tennyson and then she's quoting him Tennyson, which is yeah. somehow very hot. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's you. I mean, for him. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that's his bread and butter right there. I noted some cringy music in this scene. I don't, it must have been toward the end because I wrote it toward the end, but I still love this scene. I don't know why. Yeah. I no, I just, yeah. No, been there. Understand. Here for <laughs> it. Good for y'all. Hope, yep. hope everyone's happy with your decisions. And if you're not, I hope you learn to deal with them. Yeah. <laughs> but in the next scene, mm -hmm. I have more, I have some question for you about this next scene, Jafir. Yes. Why did Jakar let Tupari stay in there for the FaceTime? We traced the call. It's coming from inside the house. You hear me? It's coming from inside the house. Oh, that was so dumb. He's an idiot. There was, there was no reason. You would think he would be smarter than that, but apparently he's not. I mean, this dude just like, maybe he just blended. Like, he's just all like, no, I'm not here. Fade. Right? Like, just all like, you forgot like I was here. You're going on with your life, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Chikar gets his truth bomb. It was the courier all along. Uh, a question again for you. Yes. In the first scene where this courier showed up. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. I knew it was him. Yeah. Okay. Every every time, like even the probably as a child when I watched this, it's all like, oh, that courier's the bad guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you know what? I, feel I like don't it's super care. Obvious. I still liked it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it 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 was it's so obvious to me consistently. <laughs> that and also just knowing Natoth is not because of her involvement later in the series mm -hmm. that anything that she does is suspicious I just immediately dismisses that's just Natoth being Natoth mm -hmm. where I can't even read into any of her actions as suspicious because she's so she's living her best life she, she <laughs> is her, living her truth she is there living is. her truth and her truth is not killing Jakar because <laughs> she would have done it already right <laughs> go Natoth we get a a little cut scene in here with the romance yeah. story, and yeah, so Sinclair. we're watching this. Uh, we're watching this uh, show as a family. Oh yeah, because I watched it with my father. Okay, and this scene rolls up. Yeah, and my son looks at me. And he goes, "Why are they naked in bed together?" <laughs> <laughs> and my husband and I just look at each other, and I'm like, "Well, you know, some people sleep naked." Right. Like, Try to be so chill about it. So chill. So seven, chill. right? <laughs> yeah, a little young for that, probably. Yeah, we're not um, there yet. His dad needs another seven years to prepare for that talk, I think. Right. Oh. <laughs> and my son is a lot like me, and we're just very outgoing, precarious little mm -hmm. hearts inside. My son already considers himself to have a girlfriend. Oh. And he's had this girlfriend since he was five. Oh, wow. That's a long-term uh, relationship for, that's like right. a good chunk of his life. <laughs> but when he was in preschool, when he was, when he was four, he told everyone that the very pretty, very punk teacher's aide was his girlfriend. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Power move. Yep. Big and... yikes, but power move. <laughs> <laughs> and my husband is like, I, I was the awkward teenager. I, I didn't kiss a girl like I was my husband's first kiss and I kissed him on the cheek as a friend like 
yeah that's adorable because he came to my graduation he was a year younger than me and we weren't even in the same school but he came Mm -hmm. to my graduation and I gave him a kiss on the cheek and he told me he remembered that for a long 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 time I forgot I even did it but it sounded like something I would do it's a good thing he's not going to listen to this podcast you know (laughs) (laughs) I probably already told him (laughs) I I have no secrets and no shame I would make a point of telling him before he gets to listen to this, just in case. Just in case. (laughs) You can edit out me saying that because you got your cover story. Right. Um, But my son is so like outgoing and loving and Aaron's like, I don't know how to have the conversation with this. Yeah. (laughs) So good luck. Good luck. Good (laughs) luck. (laughs) My sex talk was my dad handing me a book and saying, no sex until you're 18. Yeah, it was like I got a doctor. I'm guessing a Dr. Spock book or something. I don't even, I don't know what happened to it. Mine was about as abysmal. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just like (laughs) ah, this is a thing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So we'll we'll be postponing that. Watching out for any more adult content in Babylon Five. Thanks a lot. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it is the sexier Star Trek. That's true. That's true. Um, Sexier and funnier. Right. Well, most of the time for sure. Yeah. They're just laying in bed and Sinclair just goes, you know, it's been a long road mm-hmm. getting from there to here. <laughs> you you got to get me started. It's been a long time, <laughs> but my time is finally here. I will see my dream come alive at last. <laughs> I will touch the sky. And you're not gonna and hold, hold me, me down, down no, no more. No, you're, you're not, not gonna, gonna change, change my, my mind. Cause I've got the faith, faith of the heart. heart. <laughs> I love that song. Oh, you yeah, it's not I, I hated it, and then I loved it. <laughs> when it when I remember the first episode of Enterprise and just going, what the shit is this? Being really <laughs> mad about it. Reaction too, yeah. <laughs> and then it grew on me. Yeah. And then I was belting it with the whole intro, you know. Yeah. A couple episodes sure. later. Yeah. It was good. It was good. All right. So Jakar gets a whole speech about how fucked he is until Natoth figures it out and beats the shit out of him. Why is Tupari wearing those glasses? Did you see these glasses? So they so they Natoth can do the thing with them. That's that's all they are. That's all they're there for. He doesn't even have ears for those things. (laughs) Did you look at the costume? (laughs) I didn't even think about that. (laughs) I mean, you gotta look at that. No ears are just like holes. There's that. Uh Yeah. (laughs) Can you imagine a Mimbari wearing glasses like that, and they're just like super long and go down to their ears on the necks? horrible be horrible it's a good thing nobody needs corrective lenses in the future <laughs> right glad we fixed that problem except yeah. this assassin mm-hmm. yeah this uh, guy with his his super trendy frames yeah he's, uh, he says he's with the thinta mccure and mm-hmm. uh, their code is very complicated yeah can't can't quite follow that all that Gotta logic. Kill people can't not kill people <laughs> can't stop won't mm-hmm. stop never stop right except to natoth to save the day and she does. She does. She destroys the the pain thing that's on his neck. Pain givers is the least inspired torture device <laughs> name. Pain givers. Ah, yes. Rudimentary pain givers. Yeah. Uh, this is I, not I, where we won the Emmy. <laughs> right. <laughs> Agony chamber. It is not. Mm-hmm. And she she beats him up to disable <laughs> those. It's very convincing. Yeah. I enjoyed it. Yeah. And they take him to Space TSA and are just all like, sup, it's been three days. I put a bunch of money in your account. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) Here's your ticket. You've got an hour. This is so good. This is like Jakar plotting at its best. Yes. And the back and forth between him and Natoth, like they've been doing this forever. Right. Yeah. It's so good. Yeah. I definitely want to know what Jakar did to this guy, the guy that died. Yeah. Uh, what did he do to him to make him this well, big of a it's target? A scandal. Yeah. Yeah. Can't find out because it's too scandalous. 
Yeah, Which, need to know what, what too is scandalous too scandalous. Is. Yeah, what is too scandalous for Jakar? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like the thing with Londo, where it's all like my family will be shamed for forever. It's all like, bro, you're making jokes about genocide. Think about your people here. What could you possibly have done right. that would make these people feel that way? Right. It's very curious. I wish we right. had that backstory. We don't because it doesn't exist. Great. There's nothing. <laughs> There's nothing that a, a Centauri or a Narn would be ashamed of. Watch. Somebody's going to tell us it's in a, in a novel somewhere. <laughs> right. And it's probably something super mundane. Yeah. We get a surprise. The Mimbari ceremony was also a wedding. Dun dun dun. Oh, are Sinclair and Delenn actually married? No, I'm not having any of it, sir. That is (laughs) that is such a scandal. Spoiler you know, no, no, this is too much spoilers. I've done so much spoilers. This is too much spoilers, but wow, we've hit the point. We figured it out. This is it. Yeah. This well, it's the biggest twist in the whole show, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so we get a bit audience. You're safe right now. We get a bit about uh, Catherine wanting to be around more. See you next Wednesday. Right? Yeah. Which is fun for yeah. two reasons. One, it's a John Landis joke. It's in a ton of his movies. Jim Michael Straczynski says he didn't know that at the time and he wouldn't have done it. Nice. If he had known. But also, the show aired on Wednesdays. I was going to say, I really it. hope the show aired on yeah, Wednesdays. It did. But it did. It Delight. did. And then we get the Earth-dominant belief system ceremony that yeah. they spent the week to figure out. Yeah. And this is so cool. It is a hundred plus person lineup introducing someone of basically every faith that they could possibly find. JMS did catch some heat for starting with an atheist. I could see that. <laughs> In the 90s, yeah. I I liked that, actually. He is rather famously an atheist, so. Oh, see, and I wouldn't have just thought that from you know obviously i haven't researched him a, a ton but just from watching the show i wouldn't have thought that he was an atheist yeah he's even admitted it was self-serving to put the atheist first mm-hmm. so he, i so i read that he felt it was very important to have the muslim and the two mm-hmm. together and I, yeah. I appreciated that i also being from oklahoma appreciated the native representation even if yeah i wasn't you know I, i'm very dubious on whether those outfits that they had them in were so appropriate <laughs> every extra in this scene was an actual practitioner of the okay. faith that they said great that Is, makes me feel like fun better i needed that because it could it could be That's really insincere fun otherwise fact, right yeah. okay it could have very easily been a not fun fact about that not being true but no it is a fun fact Everyone is a practitioner of the belief they represent. Yeah, and these I'm are all happier. actual people of their actual faiths. None of these people are actors. Mm-hmm. Or if they are, they're extras that they were able to get on a call. This scene has the most extras of any sh- scene in Babylon 5. Wow. Uh, apparently, there was like a 200-person lineup. that We don't see that much because it fades to black. Right. But they shot almost this whole thing. And Michael O'Hare actually memorized everyone's names and religions. And did this thing in two takes. Oh my gosh, that is amazing. Right. That is amazing and very respectful. Right. It's so good. Come and it really take a just less adds than Garibaldi. A, a, fucking A. Yeah, I was really I when I read that stuff doing my research, I was just like, oh, oh, you did it right, JMS. Mm-hmm. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Thank you for doing it right. I think that's the most important information we've got in this podcast. <laughs> feel good about that yeah and that's the episode fades mm-hmm. to black that's the part where i could see people having some criticism calling it heavy-handed or something like that but yeah i've i really like to have an idea a dream of the future where people do have different beliefs but mm-hmm. we are a functioning earth right and this is so different than star trek at the time too mm-hmm because Star Trek, I mean, Star Trek has some stuff with faith in it. Yeah. Before really Deep Space Nine was where a lot of that came in. There's some stuff with faith in TNG and TOS, but none of it's really, I feel particularly respectful. And mm-hmm. if I feel that way has an atheist viewing it, I can only imagine how people of certain religions view it. Right. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm full of shit. Maybe I'm reading into it. Wouldn't be the first time in my life. But this felt very respectful for the religious, all the representation. And it's really cool to see that all this stuff 
survives another 200 years. Right. I, especially being around native communities, a big worry is, yeah, you know, that, that, that push in America's early history for assimilation is mm -hmm. going to erase Did a lot of damage the communities. Sure. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, there's lots of conflicting opinions on how to deal with that. The Cherokee Nation to which I belong does not have a blood quantum, as they call it, or yeah, I'm pretty sure it's quantum requirement. Uh, that's a minimum. Oh, yes. Okay. Of blood. So I am one 128th and they oh. still allow me to be a tribal member. I don't particularly look native, but I did grow up in Tahlequah. You're, I can see you doing the math, trying to figure out how far back it is. Yeah. Eight generations? I should know and I don't. That's fine. <laughs> yeah. But there are some nations that are, that's very strict. And I, you know, I have a yeah, friend no. that her, her, if she has a daughter with her current husband or a son or a daughter, they will not be able to be a tribal member because <laughs> he's white and she's half or something, you know. Something yeah. not not very small compared to me, but her children, if she does not have her children with another member of the tribe, will not be able to be members of the tribe. Yeah, I have a one of my dear friends from college is in a similar situation, mm -hmm. but she's the child who isn't mm -hmm. able to, despite her dad even being like, I don't know how it's I know that he's a professor at the college that we went to. Mm -hmm. where he teaches Native American studies. I know that he's active in the community. I can't speak to his status within the tribe. It's something I have no sight to, to be able to accurately express. Okay. So tell me about our next episode, since I didn't pull up the description. Our next episode is Mind War. A telepathic fugitive seeks help escaping his pursuers. We have a Psychor episode. We've got Bester. A piñata, huh? So, you think of me as something bright and cheerful, full of toys and candy for young children. Thank you. That makes me feel much better about our relationship. Psychor is some of the best of Babylon 5. For sure. And so um, is Bester. Bester is my favorite non-hero character. Yeah. Easy. Totally. Easy. Yeah. JMS said this is the first strong episode, Parliament of Dreams. Mm -hmm. Mind War is just as strong. Yeah, it's a good app. Yeah, I'm excited about it. Me too. And we'll talk about it next week. Uh, thank you to Jeremy Siegel for our theme music. If you want more of Jeremy's music, it is at jeremysegel42.bandcamp.com. That's all, folks. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the fuck. All right. Can, okay. I, can I button with that one? You sure can. <laughs> All right.